Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Coach Jay from the Power Shift Mindset Podcast. As we cover topics on the podcast that cover all aspects of health, I wanted to tell you more about my personal coaching page, BeMotivation.com. With over 20 years of coaching, I'm proud to now offer personal training. This includes personalized workout programs with video call check-ins weekly. And if you're in Central Connecticut, I can travel to you for one-on-one training. As an ISSA certified personal trainer who absolutely loves coaching, I'll help you achieve your physical health goals. Please check out BeamMotivation.com. Hey guys, Coach Jay. I'm here again with Trudy and I have a quick story to tell. Uh, Back when I was coaching soccer, we were at a game and one of my captains had already scored two goals and we had a penalty kick. And I'm yelling out into the field, Dan, 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 one of my captains, I wanted him to take that penalty kick. And Lucas takes the kick for some reason. And he scores the goal and I called Dan over. I said, Dan, why did Lucas take the kick? We wanted you to. He said, I told him to coach. He's better than me. Today we're talking about progress versus, um, excuse me, progress versus success, or pride, pride versus success. Excuse me, I'm I'm all tongue tied today. Pride versus success, and do we have too much pride that we need to do everything by ourselves, or are we willing to let others help us be more successful? And Trudy, do you have any experience where you've either let people in so you can get more successful, or seen situations where People have too much pride and try to do everything themselves. And we call it glory hogs when it comes to the goal scorers that always want to score their goals and don't pass the ball. Yeah, I've been that that person too, where it's not that it was my ego that was like, oh, I don't want to ask for help. I think it was more, I felt bad asking for help. So I was like, oh, am I going to be bothering someone if I ask them for help? Like I just put up um, a, like a, funding like a GoFundMe type of thing on my Facebook and I was asking people for money for help for my family in India who you know it's like horrible there right now but even as I was writing that post I did have a moment of like I'm like am I doing the right thing like is it I don't usually do this but then I was like you know what it's okay to ask for help like we don't mind helping others when somebody asks us for help we're gladly we'll help them if we you know we they're our friends or family or even a stranger will do it. But then when it comes to ourselves, why are we so afraid in that sense? I mean, there's also the ego sense too, though, where I've witnessed it where people haven't asked for help because they have an ego. But then I also feel like there's something deeper within that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm seeing this stuff more because we, we've talked about 
I mean, a lot of our topics overlap and we've talked about your circle and we've talked about asking for help and, and all that. And I'm seeing this one more on the ego aspect. I mean, I've coached for years and all the years at the high school, for the most part, is with the same coach. The coach I played for, I was then on the field with him as his assistant for 15 years. And then the last couple of years, I had a couple of different coaches that were with me and me and coach B, we worked very well together. And we fed off each other. We talked to each other. We discussed things. Sometimes we went with his way, even though he was the head coach. Sometimes we went with my way. And then there was another guy that was in just for one baseball season where once he took control of the team, I was pretty much the ball boy, or at least that's what it felt like. I mean, everything was his way, regardless of how the team was doing prior to him, whether the fact that he was there just to fill a space for one year. And you'll see that. And, and I'm going to see it a lot more with, athletics and sports and coaching, but you can also see it in a job setting. And my father was in the military. His last job was surface maintenance manager. He controlled all the equipment that the Connecticut National Guard had that didn't fly. So all the trucks, all, all the cranes and bulldozers, those are his equipment. He's not a mechanic. He had two mechanics. Those were his guys. He'd talk to those guys. Those guys would go down and then talk to the mechanics under them. He didn't tell them how to do their job, how to turn the wrench, because he doesn't know that. He let the guys with the skills do those jobs. But you see other situations where someone's a boss or it's their sandbox or they own the business or whatever, even though they don't technically know how to do it, they try to micromanage and, and sometimes and stunt the success or the growth of the company or the team or whatever it might be, because they won't let other people in because their pride gets in the way or ego. That is very true. I have witnessed that myself. Now that I think about him thinking back to a time. And I think I talked about this, like in another episode where I was volunteering for this woman and she was, you know, really passionate about animals, but she had such an ego about her. Like she had us as interns. I mean, this was like a long time ago. And then she would demand stuff from us. And if she, like one time she's like, go get the mail from the office. And I did. I took like two buses, I think, in the city. I came back and she's like, where's my package? I was like, what package? You didn't mention any package. You just said to get the mail. And she sent me back because she gave me an attitude about it. It's like, first of all, you're acting like, you know, you're above everybody else and you're not speaking with respect. But I, I mean, I've been in a situation too where on not, I've never treated someone that way, but where I do want to be in control in terms of like creating or like who are sending stuff to, but it's not out of like any ill intentions. I think it's more of an, I want to feel good or fulfilled. Like I want to make this happen. And I feel like there's a set way to do it. So I feel like in a way ego is fear, even though people don't want to admit that because your ego, I don't think is your truest self. I mean, there's good, like, Lisa, healthy ego is fine, but. I think, did you see the, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen movie? I don't know. I know I've heard of it. I can't remember if I've seen it. All right. Well, Queen had all their albums and within the albums, it would say song written by Freddie Mercury, song written by Roger Taylor, song written by Brian May, John Deacon. And then they broke up. And then when they came back together, they said, okay, we'll, we'll get back together. But moving forward, everything is written by Queen and split four ways, regardless of who wrote the music, who wrote the lyrics, who did 90%, who did 10%. And 
and all the individual names came off it. And this song's just written by Queen. It's done by the team, regardless. And I mean, we would say that to our teams. I mean, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Whether you played 80 minutes on the field or you played no minutes on the field or you played nine innings or you never got in the game, the team wins or loses as a team, regardless of how much you contributed or don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's actually how my team and I work too. Like our team, you know, like Naomi is our head writer and Victoria is our head editor. And I'm more like I contribute by writing, brainstorming, but I'm not a screenwriter, right? So Naomi is more like into the presentation and making the full story development, but we all contribute and not one person gets only like they get the credit. When we send out something, it's created by Trinity Rise. That's our team. So there's no like, oh, I only want my name on it because I did more work or you did less work or you did this. We don't operate that way. We're very team oriented. We're like you said, we win as a team, we lose as a team. We go in as a team unit. And I feel like there's something strong about coming in as a team versus just by yourself. I mean, that's fine too. If you work by yourself and you want to do that, that's that's totally fine. What I'm saying is if you have the right people in your corner coming in as a team as like a wolf pack that's going to make you look like oh I want to hang out with those people I want to work with those people they have some sort of special bond and they're like killing it yeah and I, I would see it a lot with with the youth the youth sports organization in the town that my kids came through I never had a problem with soccer really I, a lot of the guys knew obviously I coached high school and soccer I'm going to call it the quote unquote foreign sport as much as it's as big as it is in the United States. Now it's one of the most played youth sports out there. It's still, unless you come from that European background or that South American background, most kids, I mean, baseball is still the national pastime here. A lot of kids play basketball. So a lot of the parents don't know the sport as well. So very few volunteer to coach it. So I never really had a problem with that. But then when it came to baseball season, every dad in America thinks that they know the game and that they're Joe Torrey and they're going to coach you the World Series for a bunch of 10-year-olds. And I've seen the pride or the egos. And there's different things where like you offer to help and you have that ego where you don't want help. I'm okay if I don't agree with your strategy. If there's a runner on third and I think, you know what, we should drop the bunt and you want to swing away. I have no problem with that. That's fine. That's strategy. But if you're teaching someone something wrong and to the point where they can injure, I mean, I had a situation where, I mean, my son could have been killed because the coach did something stupid and it's, there's what's called a suicide squeeze. And it's called that because you drop a bunt and have the kid trying to steal home and score a run. So if you miss the bunt, he's going to be out because the catcher is going to have the ball and tag him. If that kid is running, the batter cannot swing. He's got to drop the bunt or or take the pitch, but you can't swing. Well, my son's stealing home, so I'm thinking, all right, he's going to bunt, and the kid takes a full swing. Luckily, it was a clean hit over the shortstop's head. I absolutely snapped on the coach. And these are those type of things where swallow your pride and ask for help if you don't know the right thing, especially in a situation like that. I think in the state of Connecticut – gymnastics and I believe diving are the only two high school sports where you need an actual certification to coach them. Any other sport, 
anyone can say, you know what, I want to be the high school coach and go and coach them. But because of the risk of injury in gymnastics or something like that, you have to have. So anyone that doesn't know it can just go and do it. And if you have too much of an ego to, to get help, and there's one high school team where the boys team is like the worst team in the league and the girls team was league champions. And I asked that when I was refing the game, I asked the girls coach, I said, why is the boys team? I mean, the way they are and you guys are this good. He goes, cause I have like 10 parents and some moms and dads that coach in the youth league here and they all know it. So they, we, they all chipped in and we just put our heads together and built the team together. So here's two paid coaches, the paid head coach, paid assistant coach that let all the parents that knew the game in. And as a unit, they built this championship team because the coaches didn't have this ego to let someone else in. And maybe I'm not going to say take some credit, but help build the credit of the team where other coaches, nope, this is my team. And we're going to sink or swim with what I know or don't know in some cases. Well, those things that you just said are very important. And especially in a group environment when you're working together. So for people who, for example, they maybe they have their own businesses, think about the kind of team you want to have. Like, what is that team? What does that team look like? What does your communication look like? Because these are important things to think about when you're coming together with people, when you have the choice, because I feel like we do have the choice. So if you're in a toxic work environment, I mean, I know that maybe you're hired by a company and you need the money. Maybe, maybe we have to also think about our own communication skills and how we say things, how we say things, how we want others to communicate with us because a lot of ego does come in in different situations. So I think it's also about our dialogue and our language that we use with people. So. Like, let's say, I don't know if I want to ask for your help or I think you're doing something wrong. I mean, we're not jerks. I mean, we, we can be jerks if we want to, I'm sure, but it's not how we operate on an everyday basis. So instead of me just being like, Jay, like, I need you to do this or I need your help with this. How about just, hey, Jay, can I ask you something? I would love your help with this how you would want to be spoken to is how you should speak to people. Because if you speak to people with an ego and attitude, don't be surprised if people are going to respond to you in that way. So it's how you want to be spoken to. And if you want to help people and you want to ask for help, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's, I think it's also, like I said, how you say something. Yeah. I mean, another and like I said, there can be a lot of sports examples. Uh, the movie "Remember the Titans." Have you seen I that one? I love that movie. All right, so there, there's one you know. And for those that haven't seen it, they integrated a black high school and a white high school together. They took the white head coach off and put the black head coach in, and there was a little headbutting and the whole race war thing within the team. And and it does have a happy ending. But when they get into the championship game. The, the white coach now is running the defense and it gets to the point where he just turns and says, Hey coach, I need your help. I'm getting killed over here. You got any ideas? And, and that's where it all turned where they swallowed their pride and they helped each other rather than you handle the offense. I handle the defense the way it was with all the tension. All of a sudden they turned around and it's like, and, and they go on and, and be more successful because they used each other's skills rather than, no, you do this and I do that. 
And I mean, we see that often with, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, I've seen it in music situations and sports situations. And I mean, I see it in, in work environments pretty much every day where you get someone who, yes, you might technically be the boss. You can have someone that knows 97 out of 100 points and they have 10, 20 years experience. And then some rookie comes in who knows only three of the 100 points. But you know what? Two of those three points could be two of the three that you don't know. And that could be what gets you to solve the problem. And just because you know so much more, they could happen to know that one thing that has you stumped. And I mean, swallow your pride. It's okay to get help. It's okay to work as a team to not get full credit. I agree with that. I really do. Because here's the thing, when you're working with people, you're all you want to work with people where you have different strengths. Because if you all have the same strengths, I mean, that's cool too. But it's better if you all have different strengths because you can use all of those together and make some magic happen. So if you're really, you know, you're good with the music, I'm good with writing, somebody else is good with composing, it would make sense for all three of us to work together because we all have our own areas of strengths rather than if you're good at composing, I'm good at composing, the other person's good at composing. Sure, that's that's great too. But do you see the difference between the two? It's like, oh, okay, now we can really like make something happen and like make this whatever dessert or dish. Like we all have different ingredients to add. That's like a bonus in my book. I feel like if you want to succeed, that is one of the top ways to to get there. And yeah, I mean, you might have a little ego. We all have a little ego. That's just how it is, but you have a huge ego. I'm sorry, but people are probably not going to want to work with you like for a long term. I think a, a little ego is pride. Yeah. When it becomes out of control, then it becomes ego. Yeah. When, and, like people can't we, admit and, when they're wrong, for example, it's like always that you did something wrong, but they can't take accountability of, you know what? I think I did mess up and I'm really sorry. Like, how can I fix it? What can I do? But then they turn it around and you, you know what? No, I didn't do anything wrong. You're the one that did this. It's like, okay, well, this this just isn't going to go anywhere. This is, I'm tired. <laughs> well, it's like you mentioned the different skill sets and myself and coach B, when we, when we coached together at, at the high school, he was always a midfielder and a forward on the soccer field. I played keeper and defense. So we worked well. I mean, I kind of joked that I probably missed 40% of the goals that my team scored. Cause as we were scoring the goals, I'm turning to the defense saying, Hey, next time do it, do it this way. And I'm coaching them. And same thing with baseball. I was a catcher and corner infielder, more first base where he was a middle infielder short and second. So he worked with the middle infielders. I worked with the corners and the catcher. So we worked, worked well like that. And, and again, being able to feed off each other, work with each other and it covers everything. I mean, if you have eight outfield coaches and no infield coach, how are you going to be successful as a team? Yeah. Yeah. And also what's the word? I just had it in my head. Oh, adaptability. That's another important one. Cause if you're at least in my industry, for example, like our team's working on a lot of projects right now. So we're creating stuff. So now when we go to meetings, if we want to sign with someone, they're going to have suggestions of changes we should make. Should we take all of them? Maybe not, but like they obviously know, or they've been in the business for long enough. 
So it's like, okay, I do really love our idea, but you know what? They bring up a great point. Let's add this in there. Let's take this out and let's make it, you know, let's just make it great. And that's adapting. Whereas if we had an ego, we'd be like, no, I don't want to work with that person. They didn't like our idea like it was. Okay, let's go next. No, like that's not, I feel like adaptability is like also another strong thing when it comes to succeeding because you got to like, like with look at our last year, we had to adapt. Just have to, I think we naturally do too, but there are some people who are just very fixed point of view. Yeah, I definitely that. I mean, the, the resistance to change. I mean, that's just a common, yeah, a common thing. And then you talk about different skill sets. I mean, I can see it with just you and I, um, where you have the interview experience, um, where I've, I always said, I wish my high school had a debate team. Cause I, I, I like to debate. And I mean, when we we've had and five different guests over the course of this podcast, and a lot of times you would take the lead on the initial question, but I like to ask that follow-up question that might be a little challenging. And, and I think that it's worked with us where you you've done the interview process so you know like the line of questions to go or i mean i can see all right let me play devil's advocate or let me ask a challenging thing to this and 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 i've learned from listening to you and and i have no problem saying stuff like that that likewise credit i love that you do that because i feel like you're really passionate when you're you know talking you're interviewing but also when you do debate like you do it in such a respectful way you're never You've never attacked anyone. You've never been like rolled your eyes or been like, uh, maybe even in your head if you were thinking about like you have this like calmness and respectfulness and authenticity, which I really, really admire. So it's always fun doing these interviews that. because whereas someone else might be like, oh, like I'm offended by that. Even if you were, you would say it in a respectful way where you're not, you know, provoking or attacking the other person. Yeah, I mean, you can be respectful and still disagree with someone. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not no everybody. Re- no, I know there's, I mean, you definitely see it. I mean, look at this last election year. I mean, I'm surprised Facebook didn't break. I mean, no. I, I had both sides within my own family. I mean, and so you, you see stuff like that, but I mean, I just really think across the board, like I said, whether it's in a sports environment and a team, whether it's a business, I mean, you'll get, I mean, I understand a business owner. You you have the most invested. Um, I've mentioned Gary Vee on here many times. And I mean, he said that like people will ask him, well, how can I get my em- employees to care about the company as much as I do? And his answer is, yeah, don't Frederick. You're, you're making 200 grand a year. They're making 40 grand a year. Why should they care as much as you? And I understand that a business owner wants people to care and take pride in the work. Of course, they're not gonna go and destroy everything. But when you expect them to work 14 hour days and run around at hundred miles an hour, the way you do at 20% of the income, I mean, you got to be a little delusional there. And yeah. then when you don't, when you don't know the hands-on process, I mean, just because, I mean, do you think Michael Jordan is in the kitchen making the steaks at his steakhouse? Probably not. I mean, down, at the, <laughs> down at the, down at the casinos in Connecticut, it's Jordan steakhouse owned by Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is not making the steaks. He hired a chef to cook the steaks. Right. He's not. He's not going to go in there and tell Wolfgang Puck how, when to turn the shake the steaks. Yeah. No, that's that's the that's the chef's job. So that's not the owner's. The owner's job is to manage 
the, the next tier of, of management. And then those guys talk down. And like my father said, he was again in the military, high ranking officer. He said, it's, it's not the role of a high ranking officer to go yell at a private. That's there's too many steps between that. You go to the next guy in chain of command. He goes to the next guy. He goes to the next guy. And that's where you do it. You don't go with that. I mean, overbearing authority and tell someone what to do when you don't actually know the task. Like I said, the case of the mechanics, he had his two head mechanics. That's who he spoke to. And then they talked to the mechanics working under them. He didn't tell guys how to physically turn the wrench. He doesn't know. So why should he be out on the shop floor telling them how to turn the wrench when he doesn't even know? Right. He's like, I'm going to rather have someone do that job that already knows how to do that job. So I don't have to tell them something I don't know. That makes more sense. And also something you said about like, you know, the person making only 20% and them not being as invested. So when I went to this panel, and this was like years ago, and this still sticks with me to this day, in our business, in our industry, talent agents make 10% um, commission off your booking. So they're doing 10% of the work. If you think about it, that means you got to be doing 90% of the work because they're not making money unless you do. So if they get 10% commission, that's how much work they're doing. The other 90%, that paycheck is going to go to you. You better be doing 90% of the work. And that hit me in a different way because I was still, you know, learning and navigating the industry. And I was like, oh, wow, like you got to be the CEO. So if you're making 40% and you're okay with that or 20%, that's fine. But if you want to be making the 90%, like your bosses, then you got to be doing 90% of the work and invest in yourself. Yeah. But I mean, that's like I said, the case of just working for a, a business, the the owner of the business, the CEOs of the business obviously are always going to make make more. Yeah. And again, I mean, I, I take pride in my work, regardless of it is, whether it's coaching, whether it's editing this podcast, whether it's I mean, working my full time job, I take pride in my work regardless of how much or how little, I mean, the volunteer work I do. I mean, I I got paid when I coached the high school teams. I put just as much effort and work and time and heart into coaching the archery team, which is all volunteer work. And I I don't, I don't slack off. I don't do less just because of the, the dollar amount I I'm getting or not getting, but, but at the same time, when you have that, that person that thinks you should run around just as hard as they do yet they're making five times as much. I mean, it's, I mean, that's where they have to realize, wait a minute. But here's the thing though. You just said you did like the coaching and you're like, I didn't make a dime and I could see how passionate you were. I think the more passionate you are about something, whether you're making money or not, you're going to go 110% at it. Whereas you could be making the money and like good money and doing the job and doing what you're told, but you're not going to be as driven about it as if you're going something after you're really passionate for. So people want to, they're like hired by a business. I feel like everybody is capable of starting their own side business. And this is nothing crazy. Like, I mean, you could be on Fiverr, you could be on Etsy and it could be something that you're passionate about and it could turn into something bigger than you imagine. Or you could just be like, I just want to do this, not because of like the side income, but because I love it. And on top of that, you do get a side income. Everyone is capable of that. I truly believe that because everyone has a talent that they, they oh. love. And as like Coach B, he, he was a, a PE teacher, physical education and health teacher. And then he coached 
the high school team. So he made whatever his, his teaching paycheck was. And then and over the course of the 15, 20 years, he did it. And his coaching check, I mean, probably when and my freshman year was his first year coaching. He probably got around two grand at that for the entire season. And we'd break it down. We tell him, we tell the kids we'd make more money at Walmart or McDonald's than we made coaching. When you break it down, how many hours we invested into it. Yeah. And, and then, but he would kind of joke saying that his big check that he would get was his check for coaching and the little stipend he got for coaching that was teaching because his passion was into coaching was being there with the team. So even though, I mean, he got them for, as they were written, that's how it was listed. It just, I mean, he loved the coaching that much and yeah, I mean, anything, I mean, that goes along with the, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Totally. I actually just coached a client of mine a couple of days ago over the weekend because he had to send in this audition and I was so excited and I was just so excited to go see him and work with him and we even did some of the NLP stuff they did hypnosis with him for the first time and he was like whoa that was different and like I could see he was like relaxed and happy and surprised in a good way and that made me feel so good and when he got the audition and when he just nailed it he I saw that light go off and I saw him speaking from his heart which we practice and it just made me feel like oh my gosh like this is what I want to be doing every single day like I would do it even for no money just to do it even go volunteer and help someone do you think ego can be not taught to remove it. I don't know how to, how to word it, but do you think someone that has that ego that this is my sandbox, this is my playground, this is my ball. If you're not going to do it, I'm going to take my ball home and and go. They can learn to just like take that step back, relax, trust the people they put into position to, to do what's needed, whether it's that team, whether it's that company, whether it's that business to just sit back and say, you know what? I hired you or I put you in that role. I trust that you can do your job. Please go and do your job and report back to me. If you have any issues, I'll check on you every now and then, but not be out there with the thumb, always saying, Hey, do it this way, move faster, do it that way. Why is this, that, and not always micromanaging everything. I mean, do you think that could be taught for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing though, is that people are so quick to make statements. They don't want to ask themselves questions. So for the person that's doing that, that feels like they have to micromanage everything or tell everyone what to do, pause for a second, ask yourself, why do I feel like I need to micromanage everything? What, what, what does that do for me? Just check in with yourself and ask yourself questions. Don't attack yourself. <laughs> Just be like, why do I feel this way and break it down for yourself because you'll get more of an answer of why you quote unquote micromanage because it's not really about that. It's something else that you're not recognizing, but when you have that conversation with yourself, you're going to open up your awareness and then you can change that into the opposite. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to trust. Like I'm going to trust. I'm relaxed. I know these people are doing their job but it's really, it comes down to really going inward, in my opinion, and not making closed-minded statements and asking those questions and the right questions, because that will give you more clarity and you can remove that ego once you have that clarity, because your higher self and your ego are very different. How about you? What do you think? Yeah. 
I mean, I think I, I've seen the cases where you can get some people to lay back a little and maybe once they learn who you are, they'll trust you more. Um, I mean, I've also seen situations where you have a, a working relationship for 10, 15, 20 years, and it's still that bickering, this is my sandbox, we do it my way, um, that type of thing where it's tough. I mean, it's tough to, to work in a situation like that, where it's like, you, you know, that I take pride in my work, you know, that I care, you know, that I do a good job, yet you still have to question every little thing. And, and yes, sometimes I know that you are the boss, you might own it, you, you have every right to question it, but at the same time, it's, you have to realize it's, like you said, tone, tone and text and how it's said and when it's said and I mean do you even realize what you're asking at times I mean right but don't you think the person asking you those things like I mean if you're not doing your job that's one thing and if they're trying to micromanage you or tell you not be mean but like it's like if you're not doing your job that's a different situation but when you are doing your job correctly and you know what you're doing and your boss is questioning you I really think it's more about them than it is you because I can say, and I, no one likes to admit this, but like I've been in situations where I'm like, I feel like I need to be in control. And then when I've actually checked in with myself, I'm like, why do I feel like I need to be in control? Okay, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not gonna be respected. I feel like I'm afraid that I'm not gonna be recognized for my talents or what I bring to the table. What it really came down to was not me being controlling. It was my own fears inside that made me feel like I had to be that way, but that was an ego thing. So check in with yourself because I really feel like it's more of a fear of, you know, not being respected or fear of not being good enough. And these are things that I don't think people want to see, you know, because it's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. No, it's not that. I, I know I'm, I know I'm at the top. So that's, I'm just speaking from my own experience because I don't really feel like anyone's born in this world with like an ego. They learn, they learn that behavior. I think the, the movie Burlesque, have you seen that one? No, but I know what it is. Yeah. All right. So Cher owns uh, a club and Christina Aguilera is the main star in, in, in the show at this point. And they're arguing and arguing and Christina Aguilera is trying to say something and Cher won't let her talk. And then she just snaps at her and says, do you ever listen to anything besides your own voice? And it just kind of stops her in her tracks. And she goes, okay, talk. And then once she gets to say what she has to say, it's like all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and it's one of those, geez, why haven't I listened to you more? Maybe if I listened to you sooner, we could have been even more successful starting years ago rather than now. And I, I think there's a lot of times where you get that situation where sometimes you got to just swallow your pride and realize there's other people out there that can help you, that want to help you, that want to help you be successful. And you just got to put that ego aside. You don't need to be the one that does every little thing. Yeah, I think listening is powerful. And I do like that light bulb moment that went off for her. I feel like every day in our life, we encounter teachers. Even if you meet someone for two seconds, maybe you will learn something. Maybe they smile at you. Oh, wow, that felt really, really good. Okay, well, well maybe I should start smiling at people more. 
So what in that two second encounter, what did you learn? First of all, someone smiled at you unconsciously. You just react like, wow, someone just like that felt so good. Like, are you going to be having a crappy day? Whatever. That person in that moment just taught you something. Maybe you go through the drive through I don't know. Every single day, we, we are students and we're teachers in all of our encounters. Oh, I, I agree with that. I mean, you're, and coach would say, and the day he stops learning is the day he stops coaching. Because you always learn something new yeah. you know, each time. And, and I, I learn from, from coaches all the time. And, and in any of the sports I do, any, and just and talking with you, I've learned stuff. It's, you're always going to learn if you have that open-minded and you're, yes. you don't have that ego in the way. Right. And also, even though what you're seeing is like on the outside, the external, right? So you're seeing these, uh, maybe from your coach or a baseball team, whatever you're learning from that person it's also a reflection of yourself. So everything is inside. I know this sounds really cliche, but when you're like, oh, that person did this to me or this person did this, really it's just something that's like you hired that person unconsciously as an actor in your life to teach you something about yourself. So those negative things that you feel or someone provokes that in you, they're just hired by your mind because it's you inside. So. Like I have a friend, she's like, oh, I've always attracted like the same type of guys nonstop. Like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, well, if you're attracting a similar pattern in your life, you need to check in with yourself. So it's like, oh, wait, am I emotionally unavailable? Am I inconsistent? Oh, is this why I'm attracting this in my external life? Because everything is internal and then it plays out externally. They talk about that like in The Secret or you know, one of those books, but I mean, just based on my own experience, especially in the last year, I can say, I'm like, wow, it's a world of difference in the way that you think. And I was also talking to one of my clients and she's like, I noticed I don't react as much anymore. She's like, I start to question and go inward now. Whereas like last year, she's like, I was reacting to situations and it's all this inner work. It's, you know, remember Brianne was on the show and it's like, she said, like, it's the death of your old self and a rebirth of your new self. Yeah. And I've taken a lot of things that people have told me, like you said, when you're looking inner and, and obviously I've mentioned my relationship many times and it'd be a lot of times where it was like, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Wait, we need to work on this. We need to. And when you and swallow the pride and it, it's, it's both of us. The, 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 the troubled connection is, is a, we thing, not a you thing or a me thing. So we need to address this. And, and I I've learned to, to look at it that way and, and move forward as, as a team, again, we need to go forward and, and make things better. Yeah. And when you operate as a team, like, excuse my language, but shit's going to happen. Good things are going to happen when you operate as a team. It's just, bound it's like something magical comes together when you you do things together and you do it from your heart so what what do you think is the best way to get someone to at least sit back and and try to realize that their their project whatever it might be whether it's the business they own whether it's the team they manage whether it's the 
the the show or the movie that they're writing or the song they're writing, if they sit back and swallow their pride and say, hey, who can help me with this? Who can who can make this project move better and not always have to have it be their way and just realize that, you know what, someone else's way might be a better situation. Well, when they're, like I said before, when they're in that moment, maybe they're too heated, but reflect and ask yourself why you're feeling X emotion and just have that conversation with yourself. Why do I feel this way? Okay, what am I learning from this situation? And break it down for yourself because you will get an answer and then you can change your way of thinking. It's up to you though. It's up to you. I'm going to say that no one can do the work for you. Yeah, no, they, they, you or they, they have to want to make the change or you have to want to make the change. If you're, again, if that ego or stubbornness is in the way, it's not going to happen. Yeah. What about you? What would be your piece of advice, Jay? And I, I just think sitting back and realizing that, I mean, more, more brains thinking about something give you more options of success and just realizing that you don't know everything. No one knows everything. And like I said, you might know 97 out of a hundred points, but those three points you don't know might be three of the four I know. And that might be what gets us over the hump as a team and makes us successful. Yeah, that's great. So hope you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Hey guys, Coach Jay here, and as you've heard on the podcast, Shruti and I have multiple projects that we're working on, and I'd like to mention one of Shruti's other projects, Hey Beauty Mag. Discover how to reset and rejuvenate your mind to live the best life with women who are no longer afraid to share their failures that lead to success. Check them out on Instagram at HeyBeautyMag, that's H-E-Y-B-E-A-U-T-I-M-A-G, or check them out at HeyBeautyMag.com. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.